Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Okay guys, yes, I know, it's been a while, I apologize. I've been so freaking busy, you know, again, excuses are like, you know what, I shouldn't talk about it, but uh, fact of the matter is I got some good stuff happening. I'm going to discuss it in a little bit, but before I go there, I thought it would be interesting to bring on Amir Haroon, who is, he's going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe him to be the founder of Spartan 4-0, which again, he'll, he'll be able to bear this out. I believe it to be the largest obstacle course racing social group in the world. That's a big statement. Amir, say hello, folks. Hey, Richard. Thank you for having me on. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, we are the largest team uh, where it comes to numbers, uh, whether it's um, online with our Facebook group or uh, with the number of biggest team wins. We've only been around for uh, two and a half years, but... Uh, here we're at. Uh, I was actually the second person to join the group, uh, and it was the idea of uh, a third friend altogether. Um, and you know, in, in a second, I can share uh, how that kind of came into play. But well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for starters, let's just talk about the numbers. Right now, I believe there's a little over thirteen thousand. You could probably give me a precise number. Uh, thirteen thousand two hundred and change. Yes, and. Um, yeah, we started uh, September uh, 2015. Okay, so uh, you're, you're member number two. Yes. So then I'm assuming that it was the brainchild of member number one, and who might that have been? Actually, it was a brainchild of uh, a friend of mine uh, uh, who doesn't do obstacle course races and, and, and shifted backwards to triathlons, uh, John. It was a post on uh, another group, uh, another uh, obstacle course race uh, group, Spartans of the Northeast. And this lady said she was 42 and felt her better days were behind her. Several of us commented and said, no, we feel our better days are ahead of us. Uh, at that time, I was 37. I'm 41 now. And uh, yeah, I told her I, I felt fitter then than I was when I was 17. And, and John commented and said, it would be nice to have a group for folks around the age of 40. Okay. Uh, he's 52, so what does he know? But, right. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it's 55. I, I forget. Uh, yeah, you start to forget. That's one of, the, <laughs> what it's one of the hallmarks of getting older. Yeah, yeah. At 41, I definitely uh, feel it. But no, it's... Uh, I feel I'm getting sharper in every way. So it was it was a great idea. Uh, I asked a friend of mine to set it up. I was uh, the second uh, to join. And it took uh, off from there. In a couple of weeks, we were a 1,000. Her thought was more of an intimate group, and uh, this wasn't going to be it. So, Well, tell me, tell me, what is, what is the mechanism to grow a social media group from zero to a 1,000 members like apparently almost overnight find the need tackle it and be welcoming there was quite a need before that uh, several groups on social media there that were run in a very hands-off uh, matter um, they, they were really run by teenagers for lack of a, a better word and, and and by run i don't mean the people that are actually responsible for the group but they were the ones making posts and commenting and if you ask the question you were made fun of at our a bunch of us are new to this i remember my first race it was it was really only about three years ago uh, may 29th 2015 and and that was my first race ever like haven't even done a 5k before that and yeah i had a lot of questions uh, when i put them out there it was like i had two heads ah. um and and that didn't bother me personally as much 
but I saw it happen to other people. And uh, it was just, uh, we created an environment where that wasn't okay. Uh, well, I think uh, it's important that you have the mindset that the only dumb question is the one you didn't ask. Right? Absolutely. You know, and I think that that's embarrassing that someone would want to make fun of somebody simply because they didn't know something. We all somewhere along the way didn't know something, right? Uh, I'm sure there's still plenty we all don't know. And, yeah. and the funny thing is, is you meet these people in real life and they seem like very nice people. And you talk to them about it and no, that's the internet. It's, and, and I wasn't okay with that. But um, that, wasn't, uh, that wasn't it. We, we had a ton of other learnings as we went by. We were definitely in a much better place. We're, we're more focused. And uh, the biggest thing about this team is, uh, I remember my first race, uh, went with a friend who told me about these races. Had a blast. Drank my beer and left. Uh, tried to do another race afterwards. It was about, who could I get to go with me? And if I went by myself, well, you know, kind of just stood there and, and left. Uh, now, that's not the case. You can show up to practically any obstacle course race and many other races and without even planning it. And you're, you're going to find friends, plenty of friends. The beauty of it, too, for some of us who's, who've been in the group for the two and a half, almost three years, is uh, a real friendship has grown. We know, as in really know each other. What does that mean to new, new folks? Well, they come into this and they are welcomed. Uh, and it's up to them to be as involved. But, uh, yeah, it's... The, it's a good feeling. Well, the other thing about this group that I think is different or unique is that it's not regional. It seems to me that a lot of the groups that I've interfaced with, and mind you, I've not met anybody in the sport so far that I didn't like, that I couldn't get along with. It's been really, and for me, and you know me, it's like I'm a voyeur in the sport. I've never done one of the races. I come from a different perspective in that, you know, I'm a clinician and I'm a coach and I, and I'm working with people that are trying to improve opposed to being someone that's out there trying to get the business done myself. So I, I'm kind of a fly on the wall in the sport. But, but, but I'll say something to that, Richard, if you allow me. I yeah. mean, I think it kind of gives you a unique, uh, a unique mindset. You're not too close where things are, are, are blurry. You're, you're at a certain distance that's enough to kind of give you the full picture. Well, I, I think that's true. And I've, again, as I was getting ready to say, you know, I've traveled all over the United States doing what I do. And yep. a lot of times it's a group that I'm meeting with where they're a specific town or city or state or region. Mm -hmm. and, and the, you know, the whole emphasis is about that particular region where 4.0 I mean, I know there's people that are members of 4.0 all over the world, right? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, so the majority of us are in North America, uh, the U.S. and Canada. We're uh, in the Northeast, in the West Coast, in the South, in practically every state. We have members in Australia. We have members in Asia. We have members in Africa. We have members in Europe. And. Uh, a key part to our success too is that it's not really dependent on me as the team leader or our amazing 25 uh, team ambassadors. It's open to anyone and everyone to go ahead and take the leadership on something. You want to start a team at a certain race? Go ahead. Use the name? Go ahead. Just be positive. Just be welcoming. Carry our motto forward. So we have teams being set in Australia. Don't know how, if, if there's a further point from where I live in the world, but yeah, so we're there. Wow. All right. Well, again, being that fly on the wall, what was unique for me and the reason I'm even in this sport is because with me, because as you know, you suggested, I have this, uh, this peripheral view. I'm looking from the outside in, looking yes. broadly, as opposed to getting caught up in the middle of it and being in the blur. I, I have a unique perspective and I felt it 
early on. And it's been for me, I don't even know how many years it's been now that I've been involved in the sport. But before Spartan or before OCR with me, mm-hmm. there was triathlon. There was team well, you sport. you did those, Richard, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you were a little a little younger then. <laughs> well, listen, I did my last triathlon, an Olympic distance race in the ocean, which incidentally was angry as hell the year the year I did it, at sixty three years old. Nice. So, yeah. So you know, it's not that far behind me, but mm-hmm. I can tell you, at sixty three, I was hoping to put it far behind me. <laughs> I wanted to be done. I just realized that you know this is just too hard for me to do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore, but. Aside from that, I mean, the thing that I was going to get at was the community at large in obstacle course racing, I found it to be so unique. And I have triathlete friends and runners and trail runners and all these guys from different sports. And mind you, I love you, but I say what I got to say, right? Yes. And and I can find like one in 10 assholes in a lot of those sports. And... So when someone comes to see me for service, so for example, mm-hmm. getting a VO2 or a bike fit or whatever it might have been back in the day, it was always like, you know, I'm worried that it may not go well. I don't know this person. Who knows what the character is going to be like? And it may not be as promising an experience as I'd hope it to be. And now with OCR, I have people that travel to see me from all over the world. It's bizarre. I mean, they come from, they're, they're like, okay, I'm going to fly into L.A. tomorrow. I'm going to get a hotel room. I'm going to get a car. And we're going to spend four hours together. And they're going to turn around and go home. You're that good, Richard. Well, the I, point. And I know that firsthand. The point being is that I feel a ton of pressure when that scenario comes to play. Because I really want to live up to the expectation. I want to be beyond expectation for my, my customer. And in that, I keep waiting for the one day that someone's going to come see me and it's not going to go well. And so far, knock on wood, that has never happened. And I don't attribute it to me so much as the, the nature of the personality of the people involved in this sport. And this is the thing that I've gravitated towards. It's like, I love these people. They, they just, they're gregarious. They, they're, they're enthusiastic. They're really wanting to have a good time and do something positive for themselves. And I don't know how in the hell you could not love that, right? Where Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I mean, the people in the sport are, are a different animal. They're, they're less individualistic uh, than I see in some of the other sports like triathlons or, or pure uh, street or trail running. Uh, they're adventurous. Uh, they're fun-loving. Um, and... Uh, a lot of them are, are folks like me who haven't been athletic yeah. all their life. Almost to a flaw. Yeah. <laughs> Literally but almost I'll, to but a I'll flaw. Tell you, but, but I'll tell you something in your, I don't know how you'll take it, but take it in, yeah. in, your, uh, in your advantage. Um, I've been to your clinics uh, more than once, actually. I think I've been to your clinics three times because it's, it's that much helpful, that much fun. And, and every time I'm learning something new and, and although you try to, you know, pick your prior students and, and, and show them as an example, but, you know, you still don't hold back. You're, you know, you're, you're still pointing new points that we learn each time. But the point that I wanted to make is you pick the one with the worst running form, the absolute worst, the one that you look at. And I feel from a person who's just, you know, does these races, oh, it's going to be a challenge fixing Jimmy here. But you, t- you pick Jimmy up, and in 15 minutes, you're having them run properly. You're, you don't shy away from the challenge. And I think people feel that. They feel you're, you enjoy doing what you do, and you kind of know what you're doing. Well, you know exactly what you're doing. Well, it's, it's a problem because, <laughs> because <laughs> I have people that have more faith in me than I deserve on occasion. And I've had people refer clients to me that are they're challenged. I mean – they're physically challenged. I'm not talking about mentally. I'm talking about, you know, they might have one leg five inches shorter than the other. Yes. And, and they're like, oh, no, that ain't a problem. Go see this guy. I mean, I'm telling you, he's going <laughs> to, it doesn't make a difference. He's, it, that, sure, that leg's a little bit funny, but 10 yeah. minutes later, he'll have that thing squared away. And that is so not the case. And, and I've had a few occasions where 
I have a challenge like this and it's sad for me because I'm looking at it and I'm just knowing there's nothing I can do. There's just nothing I can do. And I have to have that conversation with them. And I hate to, when somebody comes in and they're, they're hopeful and, and I'm like, oh man, I just, anyway, so. But, but I've seen it just so many times with you, Richard, where, you know, people who think that they can't get better and, and you help them uh, get better. So. Uh, well, the cool part about it. Yeah. The cool part about it is that in this particular sport and the people that align themselves with this sport, they, they're going into it with the attitude that they're accepted. And, and I think that's across the board, not just with your group, but for the most part, and I haven't been to all the different races. Uh, I've been to a Tough Mudder event. I've been to several Spartan events. I've been to Bone Frog. I've been to a couple of them like that. But there's this sense of acceptance and the camaraderie among the people when they show up at an event and they're all embracing each other and they're all encouraging each other. And as you suggested, there's rarely this scenario where there's angst involved in the situation. I mean, with the pros, that's a different story. Sometimes these guys get a little bitchy with each other. But for the most part, the people are what make the sport. And incidentally, that's another reason why I wanted to have you on the show. Because I want you to think about this for a minute. And if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that I've had interview with pretty much all of the, the, the top pros in the sport. A few I've missed. But for the most part, I've interviewed most all of them. And as a matter of fact, I had this conversation with Hunter yesterday. And I said, you know something, Hunter? I almost don't want to interview these people anymore. Because... You know, it's the all about me show, right? It's like they're, a lot of them are so caught up in themselves and what they can do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody gives a shit. To be very frank with you, people come to my clinics not to be able to shoulder up with somebody that's a professional athlete. They come to these events so they can find a mechanism to help themselves improve and get something for themselves out of this thing and empower themselves. And if I've got a hand in helping somebody get to a better place, I'm in. I, I agree 100%. And it's, it's, it's quite a bold uh, statement. But I mean, I look at it, I look at it with simple posts. So you have an athlete with, um, I'll just throw a rough number, right? It's not even an indication of anyone in particular, but let's say 10,000 or 20,000 followers. Put a post up, they get 200 likes. They're really talking about themselves. Right. You have the same athlete talk about something that goes beyond themselves and they'll get 2,000 likes. Right. On another hand, you have an everyday Joe or an everyday Betty talking about completing their first sprint, how tough it was, the challenge that they've overcome. And you'll find everybody and their cousin going up and congratulate them because they can they can relate to them better. So... Uh, if, if I could use this as a chance to, as a message to some of the pros out there, you guys are amazing. You inspire us. But you'll inspire us more with your struggle than with your results. Well, even be helpful. You know, be helpful. If you're going to be out there and you're going to be the spokesmodel, have something to say that's going to benefit the audience as opposed to just, uh, you know, reaching around, twisting your arm out of socket to pat yourself on the back. I think that that can be less entertaining. And, and I, you know, I, I don't want to come off condescending. I'm not really, I'm just saying that for the most part, in this sport, opposed to almost other sports, and I'm going to call it a sport. There's other people in the other world, or the other world meaning like in triathlon and running and such. Yes. They don't respect OCR as a sport. They don't look at it as a legitimate sport. They look at it like a recreational outlet. They try to dis. You mean we're having fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not taking it serious, right? So if you're not taking it serious, you can't expect the world to take it serious with you. That's apparently the way they look at it. And and I, and I, it's it's interesting because the natural running network used to be about all sorts of athleticism. I interviewed some of the greatest athletes in the world on this podcast 
If you dig back into my archive, actually over the first few years, you'll find just a ton of interesting interviews with people that are world beaters. Well, Michael Johnson, fastest man in the world. I've had an interview with him. People like that. And if you look at the traffic I get for those type of episodes, it never has been more compelling than when I just get on with somebody and answer questions. So, you know, I get on to social media and I might say, all right, folks, we're going to field some questions. Fire away. We'll get hundreds of questions. And then, obviously enough, in an hour format, we can't hit them all, but we'll try to pick the ones we like or the ones we find to be most interesting, and we'll try to answer those questions. And I've got so much more traffic from those type of episodes than where I interviewed, you know, the stud athlete. And so that almost by itself was the education I got that explained to me that people are more interested in what can you do for me what can you do to help me be better at what I'm trying to do, empower me, opposed to me standing there watching you play Kim Kardashian for a little bit? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And if I could use this chance to uh, want to say we've had an amazing uh, interview with you in, in, uh, in Spartan Foro, uh, and it's time to have another one. Hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks, if your time allows for it, You'll come and school us a little more on running. Well, I, we I, I hope to. I'm easy. I'm I'm more than um, I'm more than willing and able to to field some questions on four four. I keep wanting to say four point. People do that, right? They say four point <laughs> as opposed yeah, to four dash. It's four dash o four point I mean, There's no like copyright it's, issues. It's, it's, is it's there? that team. <laughs> uh, there is, but it's okay. We're. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm We're talking about like somebody else trying to sue you for saying 4.0 as opposed to 4 dash. Not that I know of, no. All right, okay. All right, can, um, while we're, you know, we're kind of bantering back and forth, and I think we're saying the same thing. But let's circle back for just a sec. 4 dash largest obstacle, uh, obstacle, is it a team or is it a social gathering? What do you want to call it? Do you call it a team? So we, we started as a Facebook group. Uh, the team wasn't uh, just, it, it just happened organically. Uh, a couple of weeks later, after we started, one of the group members started a team at one of the races, called it Spartan 4-0. Then we started the next team and the next team. And now you can go to an obstacle course race and not find us. Uh, we've had as many as 600 members at a single race, 600 plus members wow. at a single race. That was Palmerton. We've won in, no, we've had numbers in the hundreds at Tahoe, in the Northeast, uh, West Virginia. We're uh, at the North American uh, Championship. We're, we're expected to uh, have the biggest team for all three uh, races, but it's, it's more than the numbers. Uh, the reason why we have those numbers is that we're, we're as welcoming as it gets. Someone coming in with a Lone Star Spartan shirt or uh, Spartans of uh, New England Spartans or any other team, uh, Steel City Spartans. I don't want to miss uh, a single team, and there are plenty of amazing teams out there. They're welcome and encouraged to join us uh, at the tent with us at races. We, we don't differentiate like that. Let me ask you a question off point. I didn't, didn't mean to cut you off. but Sure. I don't know if this is going to rub you the wrong way, but I got to ask you anyway. Why Spartan? Why not just obstacle course racing for Dasho? You know, sometimes I feel that uh, the name Spartan is more recognizable uh, thanks to the amazing job that they've done than obstacle course racing. Uh, used to be Tough Mudder. It's Spartan now. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I understand that. And uh, mind you, I'm not coming at this with any animosity towards Spartan. I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of segregation. It seems to me like we are Spartan. Um, mm -hmm. And then would you be persona non grata to show up at a Tough Mudder or a Bone Frog event? It just seems like, and I, and I know, and I, you know that I know the guys at Bone Frog, and, and yeah. I know they could care less they just want people to participate in their event but it just seems to me like um with the with the power of the audience you have when you have thirteen thousand members on board that there's opportunities there 
to grow the business, and I, I'm, I'm going to call it a business because there's so many people engaged, that when you, when you segregate or you, you distinguish yourselves as a Spartan group, it almost connotates a tribe that is specific to that particular genre. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and um, happy to answer that in a couple of ways. Uh, first is uh, when we've won biggest team at Terrain Race, at Bonefrock, uh, at Savage Race, um, the team name is and was Spartan for Desha. How we, when we were given the award, I walked up to the announcer and just out of respect for that race, I asked to just call us 4-0, and, and that's what they call us. So um, we're, uh, we're, we're happy to focus on the 4-0 when it makes sense. There isn't a specific affiliation with Spartan, but, I mean, it's really the race where, uh, where I started, where a lot of us started. So it, uh, and, and, and the idea of the group stemmed from a uh, social media group owned by, uh, by Spartan Race. So you guys have no affiliation with Spartan? Uh, not, not in that sense, no. I mean, with the exception of that we love the races and do a lot of them. And yeah, the majority of the races that we do are Spartan races, thanks to the quantity of the races that they have. Do they provide any consideration to you as a group? So when we do win Biggest Team, which uh, has happened 74 times, we uh, get a uh, Biggest Team tip. Uh, which is great. It's got water in it, got some uh, 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 protein bars, uh, and it's uh, at a pretty cool location. Uh, so when you, um, do they set the temp, tent up for you in advance, just knowing you're yes. coming? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. And uh, we get things like uh, free back check. That's for for us as a team uh, as a whole, uh, free spectator passes. Uh, um, but on in the sense, though, from, from another part, you take a racer who, on their own, will do one race with their gym, if their gym does that, or with that friend at work that, you know, is adventurous and, and will do those races. Maybe two. And then they kind of elevate and they do three. They come to a team like ours. Our average is 12 races a year for 13,200 members our average is 12 races a year so you're 30 percent of the rate, race <laughs> yes yeah, race is getting uh, organically eight more races from these uh, from these members you got to negotiate a better deal <laughs> and, and and the beauty of it richard is um uh, we uh, I'm a successful businessman uh, and uh, did this as a fun, uh, a fun athlete. Uh, and, and my ambassadors kind of share the same uh, picture. So there is no, there is no hidden agenda. There is no financial interest with us. I mean, if you have a financial interest and you want to work with us, we're happy to help you achieve yours just as long as you're providing value added to our team members. Got it. All right. Well, so I want to be the team negotiator when it comes to the events. <laughs> you do. You do an amazing job at it. <laughs> uh, all right. Listen, I want to talk about something that's I've been biting my finger all through this. I want to talk about it. Please. Part of the reason I opened the show and I talked about that I've been busy. In the back of my mind, and I discussed it in the last podcast, I did it with VJ recently. And I discussed it with him prior to the podcast, and it's been on my mind for quite a while. As you suggested, the average consumer in obstacle course racing is not a 20-year-old, but they're, you know, they're middle of the road, like you suggested, around 40 years old. Evidence mm -hmm. is apparent with your group being the largest, and you have the, the majority of these people are over 30 years old. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, our average age is is about forty. Yeah, it's okay. it's simple. We're at a point in our life where we have the means to do things. Well, beyond that, like you suggested, you were not an athlete coming into the sport and at all. I was the I was the guy that got picked last. Well, the point being is that I think a lot of the people that are in the sport 
have found comfort in it because regardless of what they bring to the table, they're going to be accepted. And I know people that will run a marathon for the first time, and their, their chief concern is they don't want to be last. They have in their head that they're not going to be adequate enough, and they don't want to be last. Now, mind you, that never seems to happen. With probably one exception, I have a, a client that was last in a race where I ran the last seven miles with her, throwing buckets of water on her, trying to keep her moving, and she was dead last. But uh, at, still, at the end of the day, she had a good time. And good, it was, you good know, for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where I'm going with this is that a lot of the people that are in the sport that I run into as I travel do not know how to run. And you know, I think you own a shirt that says you can't win if you run like shit. I don't know. 100%. I don't know yeah. who came up with that tagline. Yeah, yeah. This guy, the, <laughs> I remember when I walked into your clinic and I got on the treadmill to warm up and you're like, Amir, is that how you're going to run? Yeah. You run like shit. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's a badge of honor now. People get upset with me if I don't tell them that they run like shit when I meet them because they assume that they did. And if you don't say it, then they feel left out. Yes. But where I'm going with this is that I've created a training program that's going to be designed for the off season. We're not going to be. It has been designed for the off season. I'm pleased to say Great. that I finished the program this morning. Been working on it. It's 16 weeks of training. And I've created two approaches. There's one that's for the upper echelon athlete that's been pretty successful, has got their legs underneath them. They can run pretty well, but they want to be better. Mm -hmm. And then I have one for the novice athlete, and the qualification is they need to be able to run about 18 miles a week. Okay, And then that's kind of an entry level, and from there it escalates. But it's 16 weeks with the goal being to crush the beast distance in a run and to do it in 16 weeks. And so the training, and I talked to Tony about this the other day, and she was going, yeah, throw me a day. Let me just kind of try it. And it's, no, it doesn't work that. It's a process. There's 16 weeks of consecutive training designed to take somebody from not being that great to being incredible in 16 weeks. Now, there's no magic wand associated with this. Obviously enough, you have to do the work in order for it to provide you with the benefits that I'm speaking of. But I've designed this program so that it's 16 weeks worth of training at a cost that's very, very favorable. Let's use that as a word. So for example, coaching with me daily, you know, it's, it's a luxury for a lot of people. You, you, you know, you've got to have the money to be able to afford something like that. You've got to be invested in the process. It's more of a commitment. This is 16 weeks worth of training with training scheduled for you daily for 16 consecutive weeks. And I'm going to, uh, well, I've already done it, set up a private page where only the people that are engaged in this process can communicate with one another, can communicate with me. Video support can be there so that if I want to teach them something about a functional movement pattern or whatever, mm -hmm. how to deal with an injury, those videos will be available to them. And I'll also be collecting all of the information from their training. So when you're gathering all this information on your Garmin, your Sunto, or whatever the hell and, it is. And I know how thorough you are with these things. Well, the point being, now, mind you, I want to be clear on this. I'm not going to go through there personally and go through all of the workouts with you daily or weekly and communicate with you personally on this. There's just no way that can happen because... I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to limit it to 50 people to participate. Mm -hmm. And I can't take on 50 new people that I'm going to communicate with. It just, I can't do it. There's no way. Yeah. Where in my, my private coaching business, that's kind of the relationship we have, where I'm looking at the analytics and we're pouring through the data and we're talking about what we found or what we didn't find and what needs to have happen next. It's a very powerful process, but this is the next best thing. This is more involvement on a very, very inexpensive scale. It's going to come in at around, 
and I'm not sure yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be right at about 200 bucks for the entire 16 week process. So that's essentially four months worth of coaching and program. So that's like 50 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's great. and what's going to happen too, is that everybody's going to start on the same day. And the program is designed to carry them, regardless of what your level of ability is, it's going to carry them through 16 weeks of training. And there's going to be checks and balances along the way so that people can say, whoa, I just did this 10-mile time trial, and this is what happened. And I just did, you know, it's because you're going to have a way to see it, and you're going to have a way to quantify your progress. All now, are we talking about daily workouts? With daily in, daily yeah. workouts that are heart rate specific. And they're specific to the energy systems that you're going to be taught to work in. And I've calculated the process very, very carefully to ensure that the appropriate amount of each of the different energy systems is in play so that there's a collective result. So in other words, you, no individual workout is going to talk to you. It's, the process, it's like putting the pieces of the puzzle together and then voila, you have the picture. It's going to end up that way. You're, you're going to have days where it's going to be very, very challenging. You're going to have days where you feel like you might have done more work, but you, I didn't want you to. But at the end of the day or at the end of the week or end of the month or end of the program, it's all going to come together. And the outcome, the final day, is going to be a 13-mile run somewhere in your life. So we're not going to suggest that it needs to look like a flat road or a particular steep hill. You're going to pick the course that you want to challenge yourself on. And we're going to compare it against that. So if you initially, for example, were to run 13 miles of trail and it took you X time to complete that, or even if you could, let's in some cases, maybe you've never run that far and just being able to complete it would be the challenge. But being able to do it, not only to complete it, but do it well. I mean, knock it out of the park is is the goal. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. And I work- sounds, sounds like, yeah, sounds like it's going to help a lot of people. I, I'm telling you, I worked my ass off on it. And now, will that be specific to running, Richard, or will there be I'm, I'm not grip going, work involved? Yeah, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, I could, but... I'm going to probably guide people into how that might work, but I'm not going to write an OCR program. I'm not going to write, okay, I want you to do X exercises behind these runs. The focus is to get your run game up on the off season. And quite frankly, you should back off a lot of the strength work for the most part in the off season anyway. And probably, I mean, it's almost a, a ridiculous proposition to try to get your game up on the off season running. But what happens is during the season, people are too engaged in racing to actually dedicate the appropriate amount of time to get the type of result that we hope for. So it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's kind of a mixed bag. If you don't invest the time, you won't get the result. And this is what I find commonly. Uh, I'm talking to, I mean, I've been coaching athletes now in the sport for quite a while. And so, oh, by the way, I'm racing this week. I'm like, Jesus, I'm trying, I'm trying to get you to a place with your training. And these speed bumps are basically these B races that are just clogging up the drain. And uh, now on the off season where you can just say, okay, my focus is to get this run thing organized. So come next season, the, the program will, will begin at the beginning of November. Actually, it's going to be the end of October. And it's going to go 16 consecutive weeks. It'll conclude in the middle of January. And this is going to be the soft spot in racing. There's not quite as many important events at that time of the year. I'm sure there's OCR events around the the calendar. But the point of the matter is is that it's a softer time of the season where you can. You can dedicate the time, get this thing organized so that next year, Next year, when you bust a move in a race, people are going to go, what happened to you? It's like all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're crushing this thing. And last I saw you, you know, you were struggling, you had injuries and all this stuff. So uh, the, the intent is to get people that have never had the experience of a very structured training process to get that under their belt going into the season next year. 
And again, it, if people are listening to this and that doesn't resonate with them, they're either already really good at what they're doing or they're dead asleep. <laughs> that's, that's the way I see it. Sounds like it's going to help a lot of people. I hope so. Would you do it? Uh, hey, I always want to get better. So, yeah. Yes. You would do it? Yes. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to make you a guinea pig. Okay. I'm going to throw a program at you and you got to, you, but you got to commit. You got to say, yep, I'm in, I'm doing it. I'll, I'm going to stick to it. I'll pull the trigger on this thing and I got it. I'll do the work. Nice. And so next year when you're killing it, you're going to know why you're going to know why you're going to know, wow, the dedication, the stick to that I put into this process took me to this better place. Richard, I've, I've seen the work that you do, and I'm excited. To, well, look, uh, at, I'm telling be you, it, uh, before OCR, I was writing program for marathoners and people trying to get better at 10Ks and 5Ks and things like this. And some of the results that we got from the training programs we wrote back then was astounding. I mean, I got a guy that, you know, you probably heard the interview. Guy was, guy could run a 246 marathon any day. Yes. Yes. He, he ended up with a 223 marathon. Okay. Wow. <laughs> 223. And you know how hard it is to drop 20 minutes from your marathon time when you're running a 246? Yes. 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 You're dropping seconds, if that. I got a client, and it's, it's funny, and I, I've been bringing this up a lot lately because it's, it's just mind-boggling to me. I have a client I'm coaching right now. He's an OCR athlete. He focuses on stadium. Cash, I'm talking about you. Fellow's out uh, in Texas. He got a hold of my book. He followed the 5K template. Going into that training program, he was running a 23-minute 5K. That was his PR. Okay. He followed the 5K advanced training program, which is a 16-week program. Mm -hmm. His PR now is 17 minutes. He went from 23 to, to 17, 17 minutes. And I'm going to assume that before that, he didn't just start. Right. Yeah. Well, no, he was training. Yeah. The, I mean, got, ran a 23-minute 5k that's yeah not, that's not yeah. too shabby either right no no it's not it's yeah. not at all but, I, mean, I mean he went from a he went from a strong time to a winning time i i get him on the phone for you right now and he'll he'll bear it out and he was funny is he didn't tell me that that happened until later <laughs> you know i'm i get a call from a guy and he goes hey look uh, I'm re i've been following you and i'm really interested in having you coach me i'm like okay cool you know and we had this that whole coaching conversation but it never came up he never even told me that he read my book. And just the other day in conversation, I was talking to him about this program. I said, look, I want to do this. What do you think? Do you think it's going to be a good process? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, you know what? He goes, I followed your 5K program. I went from a 23 to a 17. I'm uh, like, I think testimonies like these, testimonies like uh, Callie's, um, mine, and, and several others will be very helpful for people to realize, oh, my God, like this can actually make a difference to us. Well, so the, let's the, do it. Yeah, the thing about it is that most people don't realize that there is a process. Most people, they train, they're very dedicated to the process of training, but their training is random. There's no pieces that really tie together effectively to create this outcome. You know, you might get a little stronger, your times may drop a little bit, you get, you know, you're going to get better. Anything that you do that doesn't kill you will make you stronger. But having an effective process that you can follow and you stay dedicated to it is what's really key. How much time a day would should athletes dedicate to that program? No more than about an hour. That's great. I mean, on occasion, you're going to hit a 90-minute or two-hour event. Mm -hmm. But that, uh, that comes late, and that usually comes when you're more into an advanced program. And let me, I'm not going to lie to you, in the advanced program, you're going to get up to about eight hours worth of running a week towards the end of it. You're going to have, you're going to have a week that's going to carry you eight hours worth of running in the novice intermediate program. It's going to probably get you up to, I think probably five and a half, six hours. Well, Richard, you ready for this challenge? Last year I came uh, third masters at the ultra, the Spartan ultra in New Jersey. I couldn't do it this year because of my uh, hand injury that luckily fortunately i'm fully healed from but uh how about i don't want to come third masters next year 
at that ultra. After following your program, I want to be on that podium off elite on and what's the distance for that you, ultra? What for an ultra? Thirty miles. Okay. Well, this program's dialed to get you better at about a thirteen mile, fourteen mile race. But mind you, the training beyond that, all bets are off. I mean, you you're, you're going to be in such a better place just to carry that process. Maybe you modify a few things to get a little bit more depth in the distance that you hope to achieve. But believe me, when you get to a place where you can run strong for 14 miles, 30 miles is not that big a bump. Yeah, yeah. And I and you said that the program goes to January. So from January till end of April when the race is, that may be the time to adjust that. On that note, running an ultra, a little modification here and there and you're there. By the way, I have clients that I'm coaching right now that are doing 100-mile events, Leadville. I've got people doing some horrendous ultra events in Africa. So believe me, that's not off my radar. And what's really interesting, too, is that even training in the neighborhood of two to max three hours in a given day has brought people to PRs and podium in ultra events without doing near the volume of work that some of the other competitors were doing. And one of my girls in Africa, I talked about this a lot. She would call me and say, you know, um, all my friends are going to do this, you know, da-da-da-da-da workout, and they're putting in blah, 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 you know, volume. And I said, so what, what are you saying to me? Are you questioning me and, and what I'm offering you to do? She goes, well, I just, you know, they tell me that this and that. and They tell me, I said, look, last time you ran with them for that 20-mile or 25-mile mountain run that you did, didn't you beat those guys? She goes, well, yeah. I said, so the peanut gallery is telling you how to do the race and you're kicking their asses and you're, and you're doing what I told you to do. I said, who do you want to listen to? <laughs> you know, and she goes, well, I guess you're right. You know, but that, she, that makes sense. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure also you mentioned that a portion of the training starts, starts basically at, at those that are willing to put in 18 miles a week. So that's going to help those that want to finish a sprint, super, and a beast comfortably without having it take a toll on their body. Without... I, I, yeah, I picked this specific distance because I feel that it will empower you regardless of the distance that you hope to, to achieve. If you do this program, your 10K time is going to get better, your 5K time is going to get better, and your marathon time is going to get better. And if you want to press it into an ultra – that's not going to be a problem either because what's going to also happen is at the end of this, this event, you'll have learned what you should do. And I can't take that away from you. You know, it's, it's not like, well, once the script is, is finished, you're finished. You can't, you're not going to be able to get better. You're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to learn about the energy systems and the way, wow, when I really did what he told me to do, that really made a big difference for me. And then from then on, you're empowered. You could do pretty much anything you want to do, and you'll know what to do. You're going to be your own best coach, as, as far as I'm concerned. So, again, I'm, I'm excited about this. And, and there is definitely a distinction between the hands-on, personal effect that I have with my clients opposed to this program. And I want to make sure that I make a clear distinction. It's not like, oh, yeah, well, I was paying them la, 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 la. Now all I got to do is just pay this, and I got, you know, I got four weeks or four months worth of training. It's not the same thing. But it's damn good. It's going to be damn good. It's going to make a big difference. And I'm not going to release it for, for sale for a little bit longer until I've got all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. But it's coming. Anyway, so last of all, I want to thank you for what you do. Oh, You're, thank you. You know what? You're helping to empower a lot of people. You're encouraging them to, to do things that going to provide them with a, a healthier lifestyle. So having the largest group is testament of the way you're driving it. It wouldn't be what it is today if it didn't have somebody like you running it. Thank you very much. I want to, I want to thank everyone that calls their, this team theirs, everyone who comes in positively. I want to thank you for all the help that you've given us. You've been very generous with your time, uh, giving us tips and tricks and, and coming, uh, to clinics, uh, and really, really pouring your uh, your heart out to helping us run better. 
Thank you, Richard. Are you going to come to uh, the Super Clinic in January? I I hope to make it at some point to one of your clinics in in at your hometown because uh, that's where it gets uh, better, right? Dude, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Every place I go other than here, it's random. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what the terrain's going to look like. I, you know, I'm just kind of left to whatever design somebody provided me. Here, I have very, very precise intent. I know very specifically where I'm going to carry you. I know precisely what's going to happen when we get there. And believe me when I tell you, there is no training areas that will hold up to what I'm going to provide when they come out here in January. Hey, Richard, who wants to stay in New Jersey in January anyway, right? Freaking telling you, man. I didn't want to be, when was I there? I was here in December. February. It's like up to my knees in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Looking forward. Thank you. All right, Amir. Thank you so much for coming on. And yes, I will get on your show with you. You're just going to have to give me a date and we'll pull it together. Looking forward. Best to you. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.